who else is like stuffed up coffee, all this grossness because of the weather change? Hey, coffee is not gross. Not coffee, like <laughs> coughing. Coughing, yeah. Yeah, so if we sound a little funny today. It just sucks, man. It just I sucks. Mean, We're excited about the warmer weather and things are starting to slowly but surely get back to normal. But yeah, I mean, it sucks. It does. <laughs> it does. It's migraine, stuffy nose. Migraine, stuffy nose. It's like, or, you know. Yeah, but we're still here for you. Anything that's going down <laughs> in Hollywood, we got you. It's going to be a great show, guys. We can't wait. A jam-packed industry news segment and a fun top five. So stay tuned Really? Because I thought it was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. Well, that's later on the show. Now, let's get a little crazy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, it is a great day to get a little crazy, man. It is a little crazy because that's what we always do. Exactly. I mean, we live life a little crazy. I mean, you have to. Live (laughs) it on the edge, man. Live it on the edge. But this is episode 155, and you guys know your host with the most, myself, J-Lo Fantastic, and the one and only Mal. What's up? Guys, like I said, we got a jam-packed industry news for you. I mean, everybody's been waiting on Regal to reopen. We finally got some dates for you on that in select areas for right now but it's still exciting it's still exciting uh a whole bunch of stuff honestly a whole bunch of superhero news especially with dc but some exciting stuff for marvel because they just keep topping their best honestly they do it's really exciting to see awesome epicness it's just amazing but anyway, before we get this thing started, you guys know, be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We yep. have coffee mugs, we have bandanas, we have masks, if you're still wearing masks out there, which you should, don't be a mask hole. And we have shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, all those good things. Everybody needs them, so be sure to head over to our website, start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear and of course be sure to donate to our patreon page start showing some love to the guys that you love yes oh and hey i've had a couple people ask me you know what like why we haven't had a guest on in the past couple weeks guys we just want to stress this we are a film production company also and we have like numerous projects that we're in development on and one of them that's already into pre-production and so a lot of our focus has shifted and we've been working on those like so you know we're trying to balance and do everything don't worry we're gonna get more guests on it, 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 it we're, we're still looking for you we're still we're, we're still gonna do it but we just wanted to give a heads up to those people that asked me because we're we're working on films exactly exactly <laughs> we're writing pilots we're you know we're doing some things okay all right exactly exactly we're not just a podcast guys that's right just that's right. a podcast but let's get started with regal man we're super excited about this because we're members of the regal unlimited program yes so we are finally the center world group will o- reopen its u.s regal cinemas april 2nd mark your calendars that's next week yes that's and that's going to be a limited release for the godzilla versus kong movie so we'll finally determine who is the best monster uh, kong bows to no one just whatever just say. whatever we shall see we're, we're having an epic battle ourselves on that one yes. that's going to be fun it's going to be great man and it's going to be a wider release plan for mortal Kombat. it's following that next week yep. um that's going to be april 16th and the uk the group's second biggest market will reopen in may according to the government guidance and everything like that so indoor cinemas in the uk are due to reopen around may 17th and drive-ins are going to be earlier um from april 12th and also some ex- 
exciting news for Regal and Center World has also signed a multi-year agreement deal with Warner Brothers, and which under this a deal. It will exhibit in Cineworld Cinemas in the U.S. and as of their opening beginning of 2022, Warner Brothers Pictures Group theatrical releases will have a 45-day window for theatrical releases exclusively and for certain provisions. So, now see, yeah, because that's extremely important. Yeah. Because remember, right now, this year, they're hitting HBO Max and the theaters on the same day. And all of the theaters really hated that. They do. So, thankfully, Warner Media was able to work out a deal with Regal saying, okay, okay, we know you hate that, but this year it's too late, but next year we'll give you that window. We'll yeah. give you that 45-day window. So, um, it'll be interesting to see if AMC, because remember, AMC didn't show uh, a lot of the movie <laughs> exactly, they, they because they didn't want it. Um, but the theaters have to understand, like, the fucking distributors and the studios, they have to make their money somehow. And they, they, Warner Brothers said from the get-go, this is just a Band-Aid. This is just how we recoup our funds for this year. So, I mean, you know, it's good to see good hope with this deal with Regal and Cineworld. So, hopefully, they can keep moving forward with other uh, theatrical uh, distribution centers like movie theaters and things like that so they can keep moving forward. Mm. Just saying. We'll, 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 so let's let's go to it then. Will they do it with Disney? I don't know. Um, <laughs> because um, probably not. I'm, mm, probably not. This one, I, I, I'm, I, I am sure you guys saw. I tweeted, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to that, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But if you guys missed it, Disney shifted its entire film slate release dates for this year. They've definitively locked them in. But here's the biggie. Apparently, Chappic who was, oh, we're going to wait until the last minute. We'll let the fans decide. We'll see where it goes. Well, apparently that was bullshit. Yeah, literally said that uh, last week. Literally said that last week, and then this week announced Black Widow is moving. It's going to be May 7th, um, or previously date May 7th. Now it's going to be July 9th, and it's going to be on Disney Plus and theaters on the same day. That's right, you didn't mishear me. Disney Plus behind the premiere access window of the 30 bucks. So if you have Disney Plus, don't get too excited because you still got to pay the 30 extra fucking dollars to watch it. Exactly. Or go to the movie. But um, why would you say one thing last week and then totally shift direction this week and say we are going to put it on Disney Plus? Um, before we tell you the rest of the dates for all the other stuff, because like I said, they shifted the entire movie slate. I think this is... Logan and I were talking about how Chappic, we felt like he needed to make a bold move to kind of show I'm in control of Disney now. This one might be an iffy bold move in my opinion. You're taking the most profitable franchise that the company owns, the MCU, and you're putting it behind that premiere access window, which we know theaters don't like. AMC might not even show Black Widow in the theaters because of that. Remember what they did with Raya and the Last Dragon? Will that break Marvel's streak of number one movies? Every single MCU movie has opened at number one all the way back to Iron Man. Will that break that streak? Will people pay the $30 to watch Black Widow? Will people sign up for it? We ran a poll, 
And 57% to 43, 57% said they do not want it on Disney Plus and or don't mind if it's on Disney Plus, but will not pay $30 to watch it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of back and forth right now. And like we've been talking about, is Bob Chappick really the guy that is needed at Disney at the moment? And in my opinion, I go back and think about it. Like, I want to give him hope. I want to give him faith. I want to, hopefully he can do the right thing. But all of these other people are whispering in his ear at the same time time and i mean to your credit yeah a ceo should make definitive decisions despite anybody else trying to sway him either which way but last week after we had that conversation i was thinking more about like the military and how basically everybody needs to fall in line well when some of your soldiers don't fall in line there's kind of going to be a little chaos and his soldiers are not falling in line so he's like losing control basically yeah and i and i feel like that's why it's an iffy decision, in my in, in my opinion, because Feige has still remained silent. It, it has not made a statement yet. And you guys remember, back in January, Feige said he wanted no part of any of his MCU movies being on Disney Plus at yeah. the same time that they would be in theaters. He was not a fan of that. Um, so... I know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm just going to go on the record and say, though, like I said in my tweet, I do think that this decision, whether it succeeds or fails, will define Chappick's tenure as CEO at Disney. If it succeeds, uh, look, maybe he has a long run like Iger and Eisner did, and it'll be hugely successful. If it fails... <laughs> I don't yeah. know. So we're, we're going to see, but I do stand by that, that I think it's going to define his CEO tenure. I, I really do. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting decision, but I I think it's still going to be number one, no matter what. It's a Marvel movie. Everybody loves Marvel, so no matter what, I think it's still going to be number one at the box office. I hope so, because uh, that Scarlett Johansson deserves it, and I, I'd be pissed if yeah. not. I mean, I mean yeah. <laughs> long awaiting. Uh, but anyway, an animated film, Luca, is going to skip theaters entirely and exclusively hit on Disney Plus June 18th. Mm. Yeah, that one, I believe, is not going to be behind the paywall, so it's going to take the whole soul route which is probably the, the best better they way should yeah. do it anyway because the theaters like you know like are the uh consumers like that more because it makes more sense exactly and, uh, uh cruella cruella yeah. uh emma stone it will be behind the pay window it will and uh it's being moved to may 28th so it's going to debut in theaters and on disney plus so that's another one i think everybody's kind of looking forward to that looks really cool. yeah especially after that trailer dropped now they reorganized some other things now no word yet whether these films will be on disney plus simultaneously or not but they reshifted their theatrical releases and that includes marvel's shang chi and the legend of the ten rings which now opens september 3rd and it moves back from its july 9th date because obviously black widow yeah and um ryan reynolds free guy everybody's been waiting on that one now hits three months later than expected it's going to be coming out august 13th and the kingsman this one's been moved around all over since the merger basically with 21st century fox that one moves back four months to december 22nd that's like damn near a whole year from when it was originally supposed to come out and now deep water moves uh to january 14th of 2022 and death on the nile shifts back five months for February 11th of 2022. So basically, all of these are moving because of Black Widow. Yeah, and you guys, you saw it. Shang-Chi moved, right? Well, all of the Marvel movies, and if you want, we'll tweet and we'll we'll give you the new dates, but they all shifted because of this move. All The entire Marvel movie slate in Phase 4 moved. 
So, including Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, it like all shifted, which makes sense. It does. I mean, because technically Black Widow was supposed to kick off Phase 4, so I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, now, this comes as no surprise, and I think heavily played into Chappic's decision based on the huge success of WandaVision, and now I'm about Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think that heavily played into his decision that maybe it's okay to put Black Widow on Disney+. Plus. Apparently... Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the uh, Disney Plus's most watched series premiere ever during its opening weekend. It beat The Mandalorian and WandaVision. Um, it was also the most watched title overall on the service worldwide. Um, and according to Disney, the series premiere joins WandaVision and The Mandalorian as the three most watched series so far on the on on Disney Plus. Yeah, it makes sense. I just think this is going to keep happening between Marvel and Star Wars. I mean, when all of these new exciting things pop up, more and more people are going to hear about how awesome the previous series were, so they're going to go back and watch the previous series and the new series that pops up. So I wouldn't be surprised if after Loki comes out, that's going to be the most watched. And, and Hawkeye. And, and Hawkeye and What If <laughs> yeah. and like all the other Star Wars stuff that's coming out, Obi-Wan, like everybody's anticipated that one. So oh, yeah. it's really exciting to see because Disney, its dominance is still reigning high. Like, it's not I going mean, anywhere. Yeah, and guys, you have to watch these shows because they're integral parts of Phase 4. You just heard all the movies, like, have, have lined up now and when they're coming out, but if you miss these shows, you're missing shit that's launching into those movies. Like, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Black Bucky, Black Cap, Patriot, Yes, I said Patriot. They're setting up the Young Avengers, guys. We 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 saw Wiccan and Speed, right, in WandaVision. We know that Kate Bishop is coming in Hawkeye. Now we've got Isaiah, who Patriot. So I mean, they're they're guys. You can't miss these shows. Right? <laughs> I'm just it's telling crazy. you. Now some exciting things, which is crazy because this show hasn't even hit the streaming service yet. But Hawkeye, the series that is coming to Disney Plus, may already have a spinoff in the works. Now a show that's going to be centered on Echo, a deaf Native American character who will be played by aqua cox in the hawkeye series yep. is in early stages of development for disney plus uh ethan cohen and emily cohen are attached to write and executive produce the show and the writer's room recently being assembled haha uh echo whose real name is maya lopez has the ability to perfectly copy another person's movements or fighting styles making her formidable for an opponent in a battle so that's super epic and in the marvel comics echo crosses paths with characters like daredevil moonlight and the avengers so i mean this is going to be the first person to hold a title of ronin before passing it on to clint barton okay hawkeye in the comics yep yep so. and so this is exciting news and i mean you mentioned moon knight and she does definitely pass uh, you know cross paths with moon knight in the comic books but the one i'm paying attention to is daredevil yeah because she had epic showdowns with daredevil and this gives me hope that we're going to see Daredevil get his own series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Feige has hinted that he's fine with it being dark and violent and, you know, kind of, a, you know, he's, he's cool with that. And now that they're introducing Echo, I mean, that that's some serious hope. Maybe she'll, she'll show up here, she'll show up in Moon Knight, and then Daredevil. Right. Come on, come be on, badass. come on. It would be so bad. By the way, guys, why is she showing up in Hawkeye? Because if you're not familiar, if you're not a comic book geek, Hawkeye goes deaf. And so it only makes sense that a deaf you know, would 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 show up, exactly. kind of maybe train him. Since she was Ronan first, it only makes sense. Um, 
Ooh, this next one. This has long been gestating. Like, yeah. will it, won't it, will it, won't it? Well, apparently, it will. The only question now is, will it have Nicolas Cage? Disney Plus has greenlit a series based on the National Treasure movie franchise. Uh, let's see, from writers Cormac and Marion Wibberley, uh, who wrote the screenplays to the two Nicolas Cage movies, uh, so that makes sense. Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer's coming on to produce it, and it's going to follow a new set of characters and reimagine the franchise through the eyes of the lead character, a 20-year-old dreamer named Jess Morales. Maria Nair uh, is attached to direct. The series is going to explore the ideas of identity, community, patriotism, and who gets to write history as Jess and a diverse group of friends embark on an adventure to undercover mysterious family history and recover lost treasure. Now, okay, so new characters, new vision, reimagine, new story, but that doesn't mean Nick can't make an appearance, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like if you're doing National Treasure, you got to at least have him make an appearance. Yeah, the, uh, the writer and director, they both said that they wish that the third film and the show would come out simultaneously around the same time so possibly maybe yeah. that would be really epic but what I really like about this is the main character is going to be a dreamer with all that stuff yeah. going down at the border like especially someone who's coming into the country or born into this country whose parents may have not have been from here but still have such an appreciation for the United States of America and where we live and honor like their traditions and values and all that good stuff and so. just another solid sign of Disney's effort for diversity. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the, the Iger implemented it, and it has been moving, and they're doing an outstanding job with it, I think. Yeah, exactly, uh -huh. exactly. Mm -hmm. You I'm want this one? so excited, because the Greek freak Giannis Ekaterinakumbu. Hello! Uh, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the movie is has found its three leads. Newcomer Archie Agda uh, will star as the NBA great in the film. Two-time MVP back-to-back -back the role will mark Agda's on-screen debut. He auditioned for after uh, seeing the screen grab on Instagram of the announcement about an open casting call on uh, Giannis's Twitter, actually. So that's really freaking cool. Right? I mean, you see how freaking easy it is to actually audition and cast or audition and for a role, so I mean, all you up and comers out there, you better be listening. That's right. Better be listening. Follow everybody on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. It's super freaking exciting, man. Uh, Yatid Bakti is also joining the film as Vera, who is Giannis's mother, and while Deo Akintini will play Charles, who is his father. The film is still being developed by Walt Disney Studios, obviously, and it's going on to Disney Plus. At what time yet? Who knows? Because it's still in very early development. But right. it's really exciting, guys. It's really exciting and so it this only makes sense with all of the excitement happening at disney plus right all of the surge in subscribers all of these huge shows oh we didn't even mention mighty ducks game changers debuted too i'm, I'm curious to see how uh falcon and winter soldiers episode two numbers are because mighty ducks debuted on the same day right check that shit out too if you're a lauren graham fan don't miss it. Fucking phenomenal. You guys will love it. But anyway, with all of the excitement, all these new shows, all the stuff, you got to pay for all that, right? So Disney Plus is hiking the price. They are. It's still the cheapest by far out of all of the streamers, though. They're upping it by a dollar. 
uh, as of t- uh, yesterday, as of yesterday, uh, Disney Plus will be priced in the U.S. at $7.99 per month. So the bundle's now $13.99 a month, and that's the ad-free one. I think it's like $20 plus if you do, I mean, uh, with the ads. The ad-free one, I think, is like $20-something. But that's still a great price, $7.99 a month and $13.99 a month. I mean, that's nothing, guys. For when you three think- streaming services. Yeah, yeah like- when you think about what Netflix is for one streaming service, you get three for $13.99. It's badass. We have it and we love it. It's true. So, and don't get mad about it. It's a buck, okay? It's a buck. But you're, you're getting all these epic things on there. It only makes sense, right? You got to pay for that stuff. So, Agreed. Agreed. Oh, man. Rebecca Waskotsky um, and Megan Fay have been tapped for recurring roles and Dope Sick. This one we just keep talking about and talking about. Buddy Danny Strong doing some things. I mean, man. seriously. <laughs> um, they joined series regulars Michael Keaton, Caitlin Deaver, Peter Skarsgård, uh, Will Poulter, Rosario Dawson, and so many more, guys. I mean, it's really exciting. Um, but the limited series is set to premiere this year on Hulu, but the streamer has not yet set a release date, but we all know it's going to be great. Oh, so. yeah. I feel like Danny Strong and then the guys over at HBO Max with the Showtime Lakers series, they're just competing as to who they can are. cast the most epic A-listers in their series because it seems like every week we're talking about these two shows are putting people on there. They're like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, I just want to briefly mention this because this might have, if anybody caught this story, I did, and it worried me a little bit. Michael Keaton, who's the star of Dope Sick, um, maybe kind of hinted that the old uh, Batman Returns in The Flash might not happen. Oh, shit. He said that he's still waiting on the final script and that he's extremely busy right now with Dope Sick, so he's not even sure if the scheduling will be able to allow it. And his main concern is that they're filming it over in the UK and he's scared to death of COVID and how that situation will play out. And so he has maybe not fully committed to the Flash movie. Damn. I saw that just in, the, in reference to the Dope Sick thing because he mentioned how busy he was with the upcoming Dope Sick and everything. I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, right. So we'll keep an eye on that, guys. That's not good news. Warner Brothers, get your shit together. That's <laughs> like, right. If he needs to film it here, you fucking film it here. Don't fuck that up, man. That'd be like badass. Um, Speaking of badass, Ryan Murphy, how badass is this dude? He's unveiled the title for the latest American Horror Story season. He posted it on his Instagram. See why it's important to follow fucking social media? You gotta follow social media. Casting calls, fucking announcements for titles, everything's right. there. Um, He added another clue to his trail of hints about the upcoming American Horror Story Season 10. The title? Double Feature. Mm. The eerie video of waves crashing into a shore red too horrifying. I can't even... (laughs) Coffee. Coffee. Just irk break. Too horrifying (laughs) stories one season. Mm. That sounds interesting, right? right? Like, where where are we going with that? But if we all know it's going to be epic. Ryan Murphy, I mean, it's going to be... I just go back. I've been a long-time fan since Nip Tuck. Yeah. I mean, this guy is just brilliant and twisted. Yeah. Which is why he's brilliant. Well, I'm very interested, too, because each season is kind of like standalone story arcs. So I'm wondering yeah. if these two stories somehow intertwined or somehow have the same character. So that would be very interesting because American Horror Story is super known for that. So we shall see, man. We shall see. Most definitely. Uh, Ian Noel has been cast as Danny Freeman as a protagonist in the FX adaptation of Sam Green's spy novel, The Spy. 
Spook Who Sat by the Door, yeah. uh, which is being executive produced by Lee Daniels. The project is in pilot production at the Premium Cabler. Spook is a fictional Freeman, or the fictional Freeman is a, the first black CIA officer hired by the agency in the late 1960s, uh, who is trained in a high-level combat espionage, and he is described as a patriot, a Vietnam vet, a secretly a and secretly a black revolutionary. So oh. super exciting about that. See, more diversity. Exactly. More diversity. That's what we need. Yep. Uh, sticking with FX and Disney, they're taking another hit at Snowfall. The network renewed the 1980s set drug drama for a fifth season uh, this past week. The news came midway through season four, which is airing on the network right now. The show is up. Get this. This is probably why it got renewed. 41% in total viewers from its previous season to an average of 5.1 uh, million total viewers per episode, which, guys, is huge on FX. I yeah. mean, that that's huge numbers. Now, lately, it's huge numbers on any broadcast. Yeah, right. Network because the streamers are kicking their ass. So did you good see that um, Kirk Boville's wife was supposed to be on it, but then like the director personally called her and was like, "Hey, sorry, we had to cut the scene out." And that's just that's part of acting, yep. man. Like sometimes your scene gets cut out, but she did get paid though. She made sure to mention that. It's like that's really all that matters. So it's true. I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's Hollywood. It's a business, and you can't take it personally. And nope. she had a really positive outlook on it. So good for her. But yeah, Snowfall, great series. Be sure to check it out on uh, FX and Hulu next day. And now Jane Lynch has been cast in a role in ABC's multi-camera comedy pilot, Bucktown. Lynch joins the previously announced cast members Shannon Woodward and Nicole Richie. Lynch's character, Helen, is described as rough around the edges and salty as hell, uh, but the most loyal woman you'll ever meet. So she's playing herself. Herself, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's very funny, man. I'm excited to see her because she's a great actress. I love watching her work. And she's making a nice little resurgence lately, you know, because she kind of disappeared for a little bit. But now, yeah, I'm I'm super pumped about that. That, See, because when we talk, people listen, right? We asked last week. We were wondering now that they're making all these casting announcements for the Wonder Years, who's going to narrate, right? Like, like, I mean, who's going to? Well, now we know, guys. Don Cheadle. How awesome is that? Don Cheadle. Uh, as you guys know, um, and now they're adding more people to it. It looks like um, Milan Ray, Julia Lerner, and Amari O'Neill are joining uh, the Wonder Years reboot. They're going to join, obviously, Elijah Williams, who's going to play Dean Williams, the new Kevin. And like I said, Don Cheadle is going to do the narration because you can't have Wonder Years without the old guy narrating the story, right? Exactly. So I think that's a perfect choice. Keeps him in the Disney family. I agree. Um, and awesome. Congrats, Don. And thanks for listening and telling us. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Super exciting. Man, it's going off the air. There's no way they go past this season. If they do, I'd be super surprised because this last week's episode was shit. Um, Shyler Lee, oh. a.k.a. Lexi Gray, is coming back to Grey's Anatomy for a guest spot. No doubt it's going to be like the dream sequence. On the, the magic beach. Or the heaven <laughs> sequence on the magic beach. I mean, Dempsey's been there. George's been there. Lexi. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Sarah Drew, we announced the past couple weeks, or a few weeks ago that was coming back. That episode has still not aired, so mm. we've been kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. But... 
yeah, like I said, Gray should probably end this year, but we'll see what happens. Chris Vernoff, listen to what we're saying. Please do, because it's long overdue, honestly, I d- I at least don't know. two seasons. I don't know. I saw, and we'll talk about it. Chris Vernoff signed a big new deal with ABC, and and from what I understand, she kind of hinted in that interview that um, ABC is in talks right now for a huge payday for Ellen. Mm. Why would you even be negotiating a huge day payday for Ellen unless you were trying to bring her back for another season? I, mm. Well, hopefully in a producer role because now she is a producer on yeah. Grey's. So yeah. hopefully they move somewhere <laughs> else because, bro, it's it's not good right now. It's like some episodes, like it's reminiscent of the other, the older ones where it was like such an epic hit. But now it's just kind of like, what the fuck? Hey, there's always the good doctor and the resident. <sighs> the resident. Yeah, good doctor. The resident. Yeah. And the good doctor. I love them both. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rebecca Rittenhouse uh, has landed the title role in ABC's comedy pilot, Maggie. Um, this is interesting. The single camera comedy follows a young woman who tries to cope with life while coming into terms with her abilities as a psychic. She can see everyone's future, but her present is a mess. <laughs> so she can't see her own, apparently. Um Due to her psychic gift, she's intensely sensitive and gets a a pummeling assault of energy from every person around her. As a result, she has to put up emotional walls to protect herself. So... Kind of like Zoe's, except for not hearing it in song, she's going to like see their An future kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah, maybe Disney's trying to capitalize on that because they see that NBC's been moving it to like three different nights a that's week. That's right. So they're like, eh, if it's Which not is doing never well. a good sign. NBC, don't yeah. you fuck with us. Don't you take Zoe's away, goddammit. Council of Dads, don't that's do right. this. Zoe's is too epic to do it. Goodness gracious. Uh, Sherry Shepard has boarded the ABC comedy pilot, Black Don't Crack, and she is set to star <laughs> and produce. Shepard will play Angela Wright, a native New Yorker who is somewhere between 45 and death. Uh, she is a single mom who put aside her musical dreams to raise her son after her husband died. Uh, she has been holding it down alone for years, taking care of her family instead of herself. When she is confronted with a personal crisis, she reunites with her sorority sisters to oh. recapture her passion, ambition, and sisterhood of their college glory days. Now, this is created by writer and producer Regina Hicks. Viola Davis and Julia Tennant will executive produce this project uh, via Vuji Productions and Larry Wilmore supervising and executive producing with Wilmore Films. So, I mean, it's backed by some great people, and I love Sherry Shepard. She's basically, like, on everything, like Mr. Iglesias, Drake and Josh. Like, she's great. So I, I would love to see her in a leading role. She deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed, agreed. All right, that was some good Disney stuff. It was. We can't do Disney without the bunny, right? We can't, we can't. We got to jump to Warner Media. Um... <clears throat> Uh, dear uh, Warner Media Studios, Warner Brothers Studios CEO Anne Sarnoff, um, she huh. said that uh, Snyder is done. The Justice League uh, Snyder cut will end his run, uh, complete the director's trilogy, reinforcing the studio's desire to move past the social media campaign to hand back the uh, universe to Snyder. Um, I'm not so sure about that one. Um, apparently right now they're kind of pissed at Zack Snyder for doing all of the interviews and promoting the shit out of the Snyder cut and saying that he's not actually done, that he's got two more Justice League movies. And, um, they're not okay with that. Apparently she wants to just keep moving forward. But here's the thing. They don't like to bow down. They felt like they had to bow down to the fans for the Snyder cut. And now they don't want to bow down to the restore the Snyderverse. But, guys, 
Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam, Black Adam, they all take place in the Snyderverse. That DCEU was established by Zack Snyder. You don't have Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman or Momoa's Aquaman without fucking Zack Snyder. So, Sarnoff, like, listen, hello, listen. guys. I mean, get, let him fix this shit. Let it play out. Look how popular the Snyder Cut was. Yeah. I mean, and you guys barely promoted it, and yet it's probably most likely the most watched superhero event on streaming ever. So, guys, you got to pay attention to it. I just think we, we were talking about, you know, CEO Bob Chappick's defining moment and how his tenure would. Well, how will her tenure as the CEO of Warner Brothers Studios play out if she ignores the fans with the Snyderverse? Right. I'm just saying, you got to be smart. Got to be smart. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, of course he's going to promote it. it. It was his baby. Like, exactly. He's been talking about it for like a year and a half and hinting at it. No shit he's going to promote it. Yeah, don't we want to talk about baby? Don't we want to see the baby? Yeah. His latest promotion is that the reason that Clark calmed down when they're all fighting outside of the memorial when he first comes back is that he sensed that Lois was pregnant when mm. she walked up mm. and that's what calmed him. Mm. Snyder said that. Mm. You keep spilling stuff, Snyder. You yeah, go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag restore the Snyderverse. And did that's you see that instead of uh, Martian Manhunter at the end, it was supposed to be Green Lantern, but Warner Brothers like was like, no, they're not doing that. Yeah, yeah. Fucking and, shitty. And not just Green Lantern. It was supposed to be Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> fixed. None of that bullshit version. Mm. Snyder was going to give us Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern. Oh. oh, my goodness. It would have been. I'm just thinking <laughs> about it hinting. going, oh. Yeah, he keeps hinting at uh. shit. And you know he probably has some of that footage. Like, uh, oh, I mean, come on now. I mean, uh. I know, I know. Anyway, Emerald <laughs> Fennell, uh, Oscar-nominated director of Promising Young Woman, super epic, super successful, has been tapped to write Zatanna, the big screen adaptation of the DC Comics heroine. And this movie uh, from Warner Brothers DC Films is set to release theatrically. J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot is producing it through his overall deal with Warner Brothers. And uh, the upcoming DC Extended Universe installment will be Zatanna's uh, first franchise appearance. Uh, She is known for her involvement with the Justice League, uh, though the character has never appeared in any DC movie ever. But she did appear on small screen. There was an appearance of her on Smallville. She was played on one episode of Smallville. Mm. That's interesting, right? Yeah. I, I think this is Zatanna if you're not a comic book geek you know mystic arts spells magic DC's version of Scarlet Witch but not nearly as powerful yeah not near all who whoever they get to play her whoever they're gonna better be able to freaking speak and speak well because Zatanna casts all her spells by speaking backwards oh shit yeah yeah good luck with that can you even imagine trying to write the script for that having to write all that shit backwards like oh my gosh um that's not it though we told you a lot of DC news Helen Mirren, yes, the queen. Helen Mirren has closed a deal to play the villain Hespera, uh, the daughter of Atlas in Shazam! Fury of the Gods. How awesome is that? So that's good casting, right? right. Helen Mirren, I mean, as a villain, she's gonna, she's so awesome. I, I love her. She's exactly, gonna be- exactly. Well, I mean, more casting announcements like that, I mean, I feel like Scorsese should be like, okay, these are films. This is an Oscar-winning actress. Exactly! Like, fucking being a big baddie exactly. in the DC Universe. So... Just saying, they're films. Uh, Rob Ron Livingston, best known personally from Office Space, uh, has yes. been cast in The Flash, and he will portray uh, the his father. He will portray he'll 
Potray, the Flash's father. You need some coffee? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm getting some, getting some. He's replacing Billy Crudum uh, because obviously recently departing the picture because of scheduling conflicts uh, with the morning show, which makes sense. It does, absolutely. But that's not it. We're not done. Nope. How do you battle Marvel's? How do you battle Marvel's Sherlock as Doctor Strange, epic Benedict Cumberbatch, right? In the DC universe, what do you do? Well, Bond. You hire Bond. It's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Dr. Fate, the mystic guy from DC's universe, the badass with the golden helmet and everything, right? Well, Pierce Brosnan has been picked to play Dr. Fate opposite Dwayne Johnson in Black Adam. So they're just building that Justice Society, y'all. They're building that Justice Society. Um, it's headed towards uh, an April start, so it should start filming next week, um, which is pretty badass. Um, obviously, details being kept under wraps. I think this is a brilliant choice, though. Pierce yep. Brosnan to play Dr. Dr. Fate is on level with Benedict as Dr. Strange. I'm just saying. I agree. Good choice. I agree. Dwayne Johnson, he, he's making sure that shit is Yeah, right. right? <laughs> he's like, this is actually this, happening this time. He's so. been gestating this baby for about 30 years now, <laughs> exactly. so he's like, it's going to be fucking right. Exactly, like, exactly. And we were talking about this on previous shows before because everybody knows Christopher Nolan fucking hated the idea of simultaneously releasing films on HBO Max and theatrical releasing. So we're like, is Tenet ever going to be put on HBO Max? Well, the answer is yes. They have announced that it's going to be hitting the platform May 1st. Most recently, it became available in several New York City theaters this month as a re-release. So, yeah, May 1st, you'll be able to check it out, which I'm excited about because I haven't seen it yet. And that's definitely one that I want to check out. But uh, I'm surprised it's going on there at all because Nolan was pretty fucking pissed. So. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Uh, and maybe that's the appeasement of why they re-released it in New York. Yeah. You know, just like, oh, shit, we're about to, about to put it on the stream. Or just yeah, give them some more theatrical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, more casting news. More casting news for, like we said, the battling Lakers Showtime. Dope sick. Lakers show every time, right? Bo Berman has been cast. And you knew this was coming because they started casting a bunch of the Celtics, right? You knew this was coming. Bo Berman has been cast as Boston Celtics star Larry Bird. Mm. Can you do anything with the, like about the Lakers in the 80s without Larry Bird I and know, the Celtics? Right? You can't. Um, so, still untitled because you know, I don't want to call it showtime. Yeah. <laughs> as we talked about. Uh, I also saw that Sarah Ramos, remember the daughter from uh, Parenthood? Mm. She has recently signed on also. So, nice. they just keep adding people over and over, man. This this thing is getting epic. Yeah, that's an interesting casting choice because, I mean, everybody knows before he became like a writer, director, and actor, like super serious drama actor, he was a comedian and he was super fucking goofy. So, interesting casting choice. I would be really like intrigued to see how he will portray does he do Pratt Falls Bird? well maybe because like when Magic fucking knows. like dicks him all the time like, I'm t- he maybe is, falls yeah. really well I, I, <laughs> I don't, don't I'm, so, I'm a Lakers fan I'm sorry I'm sorry no disrespect to Bird no disrespect no disrespect uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers has also announced that an October 22nd release date for Clint Eastwood's latest movie Cry Macho set in uh, 1978 Eastwood plays a one time rodeo star washed up a uh, horse breeder who takes a job from his ex-boss to bring the young man's son back home we've talked about this yep. before so now yeah, we know you can now see you know you can see it and how many more movies will we expect to see from Clint Eastwood probably at least 50 I so. think Clint Eastwood will die on set 
Probably. I think that's true. I think this man will work until he literally drops dead. He's just passionate about what he does. It's true. It's great. And now in the biggest uh, non-surprise in Hollywood, (laughs) from the the CW's Batwoman has cast Wallace Day to take over the role of Kate Kane that, of course, you guys know Ruby Rose originally held and walked away from uh, in season one, uh, as revealed at the end of last week's episode did you guys watch it the character of kane was revealed to be alive yet unrecognizable due to injuries she sustained in a plane crash uh and she was shown bandaged up because that's how they always do reveals when it's a new actor right like um leslie guys you guys know remember uh leslie plays ryan wilder who took over the superhero javisa leslie of course um she's not going anywhere she is still going to be batwoman will kate kane you know, put on the cowl also. Will there be two bad? We don't know. They're not disclosing. But they did say that, don't worry, Javisha's not going anywhere. She's still going to be the character. Um, and the reason I said biggest non-surprise is because, if you guys remember, uh, Wallace Day was on Krypton. And from the get-go when they announced that a Batwoman series was coming, fans wanted her to be Batwoman. It yeah. was like the, the the go-to fan casting, and it didn't happen. So it doesn't surprise me that now <laughs> when they're going to recast her, they would go with who the fans wanted in the first place. Yeah, it makes sense, too, because the whole season, season two, they've been hinting at that Kate was still alive and yeah. trying to find her. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. But, yeah, Ryan's not going anywhere, which no. I'm super freaking excited about. Yep. So awesome, awesome. This, by no surprise, since fucking HBO has multiple fucking things of Game of Thrones in development. George R.R. Martin, you know, the author behind Game of Thrones and all those other amazing things. Is that who that guy is? That guy right there. uh, Signs an overall deal with HBO for five years. So he'll be developing projects for HBO and HBO Max. Like I said, no surprise. Got five Game of Thrones projects alone that they are developing at the moment. And he's got other stuff that's completely not Game of Thrones that he is also working working on Facts. so it's it's crazy man it's crazy yep and five seems to be the lucky number guys because hollywood's golden girl right now Issa ray she's sticking with hbo also and she's re-upped her commitment by inking a new five-year deal uh with that uh Hore media label in partnership with warner media the pack gives hbo hbo max and warner brothers television exclusive rights to Issa's work oh in TV, plus a first look film deal that spans uh, Warner Media's brands, including Warner Brothers Pictures, New Line, and HBO Max. Uh, she had previously signed on for a two year deal, but that wasn't good enough. So now it's five. Makes That's sense. Five. Make freaking six. Um, Peter Brandgart has signed an exclusive multi year cross studio overall deal with Warner Brothers Animation and Cartoon Network Studios. He will develop and produce original content, animated programming for a variety of audiences, including preschool kids. Kids, uh, adult and family co-viewing, so family content. And under the terms of the pact, he will is currently serving as an executive producer, producer on HBO Max series The Looney Tune Cartoons. He'll be allowed flexibility to develop material for all Warner Media platforms as well as external outlets and services, which is a pretty good back-end deal because you can work with other things. And he will also have access to extensive characters and franchise libraries at both studios. Oh. So go him. And that is extensive. Those libraries are huge. Exactly. So, yeah, nice, nice. Okay, so we've been talking all about Disney's diversity, right? And move towards diversity and move towards culture and like stuff. Well, Warner Brothers got to keep up, right? The bunny's got to keep up with the mouse. Well, Warner Brothers Television Group's established an exclusive creative partnership and overall deal with Dr. Philip Atiba Goff. Um, 
Now, he's the Halvin Professor of African American Studies at Yale University and the Center for Policing Equity co-founder and CEO. What does he do? Well, he aims to identify and reduce causes of racial disparity and public safety and advocates for scalable change. So that's their guy. This is going to be their diversity guy. The deal with Goff underscores the studio's ongoing commitment to creating an entertaining exclusive programming that reflects the cultural diversity of our country and inspires more just society through the power of storytelling. There There you go. go. You got to keep it up. Good job, Warner, for for keeping up and for doing it because we all know you've had some trouble. (laughs) 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 Heading over to Viacom CBS. They announced this week that it plans to sell... $3 $3 billion worth of stock. The company said it has plans to use the funds from the stock sales for investments and streaming, which makes sense among other general mm. corporate purposes. Following the announcement, shares of Viacom CBS were down about 4% in the after hours trading after closing regular trading 3% of the day. So the stock has more than doubled in price at the beginning of 2021. Last year's Viacom CBS spent a about $15 billion company-wide on content, including sports rights, which is crazy. And by 2024, the media conglomerate expects to spend around $5 billion on streaming content, some of which include the cost of content for both linear television and streaming. And I mean... But NBC also came out with a thing this week that said, obviously, everything needs to be focused on streaming because that's where it's going. Linear television is dying. People are cutting the cords. So, I mean, it's time, man. It's time to be thinking of original streaming content. So this is what's happening, even if you're spending a shit ton of money. Yeah. (laughs) And and, uh, you know why they're all spending a shit ton of money? Because they're all like a decade behind. It's true. They're trying to catch up. Netflix, to, to Ted and Reed's, you know, credit. They knew 20 years ago where it was going, and now you got to try to, like, you know, catch up. Disney's catching up pretty fucking quick, though. Right. Just saying. Hey, you know what's always been a good thing for CBS, though, in linear television? Survivor. Uh, But it hasn't been so good lately because it's continuously keep getting shut down due to COVID, right? But not anymore. Jeff Probst announced that they're finally, with season 41, I can't even believe that, is finally heading back into production. Um, He revealed that the team is heading back to Fiji to start shooting a year after they originally thought to do so. (laughs) The team. Not him, because he got that giant-ass mansion in Fiji. Yeah, he's he like, just, I he, live there. He just stay on the fucking island where they all do it now. Like, okay, Jeff. Like, how many shirts does Jeff have? Oh. He's got that same blue shirt, but he's got like 5,000 of them. It's true. I think. It's I mean, true. that's 41 seasons he's had that blue shirt for all. <laughs> he's got to have more than one. Yeah, I'm just saying. Exactly. Uh, but it's good to see because, as we all know, season 40 got cut short because of the true. pandemic and everything like yep. that. So it's good to see it and go it's still back. fun to watch. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is. It is. Uh, True Lies, which has been given a pilot order at CBS last month, is moving off cycle to give producers more time to produce uh, the film and pilot uh, for this summer. Uh, the version, this version of True Lies, is the second endeavor at adapting the film into a television series after Fox handed the project and put the pilot commitment in uh, 2017. So everything's up in the air with that one as well. Everybody needs some time to put more development process into it. So it makes absolutely, sense. it makes absolutely. Sense. This one <laughs> in the biggest story of irony in our in. Industry news uh, segment this week. Greg Spottiswood, the creator and co-showrunner of All Rise, has been fired after a probe into his professional conduct brought on by allegations of 
racial <laughs> insensitivity, and a writer's room revolt. Yeah. This was the second investigation into Spottiswood due to racially insensitive comments. Five of the original seven members of the All Rise writing staff left the show because of his treatment of them and the way the show under his direction depicted race and gender. Now, this is a guy who created a show about a black judge put on the bench who was struggling not to put her own personal feelings and bias into these type cases in Los Angeles. Yeah. Why would you create a show like that and then not depict the race in the proper way exactly. or have racist problems in your writer's room? What the fuck were you thinking when you created the show? Like, I don't know. I know. Oh, uh, the, or- the original co-showrunner left because of all that. She was one of the people that left. Um, and the new showrunner, the co-showrunner that was brought in, is now going to take over the show. It makes sense. So, yeah, because it, it's great right now. They're not depicting anything stupid. They're touching serious storylines with serious ramifications about what's happening in society today. So it's on the right direction. It's on the right path. One of the best shows on television. Good move, CBS. Good move. Check it out. Check it out. Now, this next one's very interesting because everybody knows cancel culture, but apparently cancel culture can be reversed. <laughs> Nick Cannon's Wildin' Out is returning to VH1 next month with new episodes featuring a number of new guests. Set to return Tuesday, April 6th, the Improv Rap Battle Show picks up with new episodes on the second half of Season 15, which was shot pre-pandemic. Now, this comes after Cannon was the subject of backlash after he made anti anti-Semitic comments in July of 2020 on his podcast following a social media outcry mm. uh, Viacom CBS parted ways with Karen uh, Cannon firing the Wild and Out host but apparently they've made some amends and he's coming back which I mean he's very strong-willed and very opinionated which I'm surprised that he was brought back to be honest uh, so, me too I don't know we'll see what happens maybe he'll keep his nose clean but we shall see man we shall see you know we will we always follow it exactly CBS is developing Black Magic a single camera comedy from Party Over here the production company founded by the Lonely Islands Andy Samberg of Vika Schaefer and Jorma Tacone the project is being described as a power dynamic in a family of overachievers is upended when the runt of the family discovers a new talent the thing that will challenge them and also bring them together is her black girl magic mm. now i'm glad it was a female character that's going to get it because if they don't use black magic woman as the theme song I, <laughs> right? epic fail i mean come on guys all right i'm just, <laughs> just saying oh my goodness uh oscar nominee <laughs> naomi harris has signed on to uh showtime sci-fi limited series the man who fell from earth oh uh the moonlight and skyfall actress will play a brilliant silent scientist and engineer who must conquer her own demons and race to save two worlds the project is based on a novel by walter tevis and the 1976 film who starred david bowie and this version will follow a new alien character who arrives on earth at a turning point in human evolution and must confront his own past to determine our future yeah right i mean sci-fi is becoming more and more popular recently it is so it makes sense that this is happening it does it definitely does so now we know we've got law and order organized crime coming right so if dick wolf adds a show to his law and order universe he's got to keep things balanced right right? so on the cbs side hey nbc or cbs like dick well dick says no problem I'm going to add a series to my FBI family. So, FBI franchise is growing. CBS has renewed the hit Mothership series FBI for a fourth season. FBI Most Wanted for a third season. And now, to keep things balanced in the Dick Wolf world, they've given a series order to FBI International. Mm. 
the third iteration of the successful FBI brand for the next coming season. FBI International, which we previously reported had been in the works, is scheduled to debut in a crossover episode of FBI and FBI Most Wanted next season. Nice. Because that's how you do it. Yeah. You do these crossover episodes. That's how it works, I guys. feel like he's the king and creator of crossovers. Though, Dude, he's got like... the Chicago franchise, the Law & Order franchise, the FBI franchise. This guy is fucking killing it, right? y'all. Like, I mean, Dick Wolf. Absolutely. Everywhere, man. Oh, I'm so excited about this next one because, first of all, it's a very exciting film. I'm talking about the Steven Spielberg inspired him as a young boy, all that good stuff. Well, now... My, one of my favorite actors, Seth Rogen, is going to be starring in this as well. Uh, Rogen will take on the role of Spielberg's favorite uncle in the untitled film. As we mentioned a couple weeks ago, Michelle Williams is in talks to play a major part as well. The search is underway to find young actors of multiple ages around uh, to round out the cast, with one of them playing the role of the uh, inspired by uh, the role of the main character inspired by Spielberg. Right. I'm very excited about this because just to learn a little bit more about these amazing filmmakers backstory is just great. That's right. That's right. And it reunites Michelle Williams and Seth Rogen. Yeah. Who previously worked on, if I had my IMDb Pro uh, app open right now, I could tell you, but they previously worked on a film together that I watched and loved and can't think of it. Can't think I of it. more caffeine. Yes. I'll get back to you with the name. <laughs> But I'm good, because they're great together, and I love that. Um, hey, did you ever wonder what happened to uh, Neil uh, Melendez, right? Good doctor, right? What's he going to do? What's the actor going to do afterwards, right? Well, Nicholas Gonzalez, who played the beloved Neil, he's going to be okay, guys. He's been tapped to co-star opposite Eon McKinn, Natalie Z, and John Cena in NBC's Sci-Fi, because we just told you it's kicking butt right now. Uh, their new sci-fi drama, La Brea, also cast as a series regular in the project, which is a straight-to-series order. Um, La Brea, written by David Applebaum, is about a massive sinkhole that mysteriously opens in Los Angeles. It tears a family in half, separating mother, Zia, and son, Martin, from father, McKinn, and daughter, Gorecki, uh, when part of the family find themselves in an unexplainable prime evil world alongside disparate group of strangers. Oh. Very interesting. Oh, yeah. And I'm a huge fan of Natalie Z, so this is going to be an epic series. I'll definitely... I can't watch more series, I know. You got so many. But I will be. Exactly. Exactly. And it's Take the Waltz. Yes. Take this waltz. Yes. Such a great fucking movie about... He's a cook and like... uh, It's just so good. If you haven't checked it out, watch it. Then you'll be excited about the two of them reuniting. Yes. Yes. Good Uh, job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, IMDb Pro. (laughs) Uh, NBC has renewed Mr. Mayor for its second season. No surprise. Uh, This series opened with solid numbers on its Thursday night, which was January 7th, representing the network's best Thursday comedy launch in total viewers, 6.6 million in live plus seven uh, since the premiere of Will and Grace revival back in 2017. So it makes sense, man. It makes sense. Everybody loves Ted Danson. Absolutely. Absolutely. In this week's episode of Why... Why? <laughs> why? Why in this ep- industry? We're going to Sony for this week's Why. Sony Pictures has set a movie based on Bewitched. Yep, you heard me right. It's happening. Terry Malatlas and uh, Travis Fickett, who ran the MacGyver and 12 Monkeys series, will write the script. It's a jumping off point from the original TV show in which a um, witch marries an... Uh, in which witch, not the sandwich place, but uh-huh. in which a witch uh, marries an advertising exec and then tries to hide her powers and her crazy relatives who drop in often. Now, they've already done a remake with Nicole Kidman and Will Ferrell. Yeah, it wasn't good. Didn't, didn't, didn't do very well. No. So why are we attempting this? Is this yet again 
they saw WandaVision and were like, fuck, that works really right. well. People loved it. Let's do this. No, Sony. No. Not happening. Plus, do you want to tread on Disney? You don't want no. They're going to fucking take Spider-Man. I'm just saying, don't <laughs> fuck with them. They're just going to buy you. You want to keep that deal? Don't do this. I'm just saying. They're just going to buy you. <laughs> they are. They're like, fuck you. You don't give them back, we buy you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, MGM, they have also got some theatrical re- uh, delays this week. Oh. MGM and Miramax's Guy Ritchie-directed action thriller, Wrath of Man, is moving mm. to May 7th to 9th weekend, uh, which is already recently given up by the Disney uh, Black Marvel Black Widow. The Wrath of Man was previously dated for April 23rd, so... COVID. COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll but see. it makes sense. You got to plug something. Now that Black Widow ain't going to be there, right? Exactly. Uh, let's see. Jumping over to Lionsgate. Samara Weaving, who made uh, Heads Explode with her breakout turn in horror hit Ready or Not, is taking a comedic turn this time, closing a deal to star opposite Eugenio Derbez in Liongate's English language remake of the French film. The Valet. Mm. Richard Wong, who helmed the well-regarded road trip comedy Come As You Are, will direct, and Weaving will play a movie star who enlists a parking valet named Antonio to pose as her lover to cover for a relationship with a married man. Mm. Oh, sounds like all kinds of trouble. Right? That's a lot Mm. happening, man. That's Mm. a lot happening. I bet she really falls for the valet. I bet she does. Leaves the married man and is like, you know. Calling it now. (laughs) Calling it now. Oh, man. Well, heading over to the streaming juggernaut itself, Netflix. Keanu Reeves will star and produce both a live-action film and an animated series adaptation of his Boom! Uh, the studio's comic series, uh, Berserk? Berserker? Berserker. Uh, for Netflix, the new project will be an expansion on a 12-episode limited series, which originated from the idea of Reeves, has been developing for a number of years. Berserker is pronounced Berserker. Um, and <laughs> is described as a brutally epic saga about a more immortal warrior about 800 or 80,000 year fight through the ages the man known as B who is going to be played by Reeves is half mortal and half god cursed and compelled to uh, create violence basically mm. even at the sacrifice of his sanity but after wandering the earth for centuries, B may have finally found a refuge working for the U.S. government to fight the battles that are too violent and too dangerous for anyone else. In exchange, B will be granted the one thing he desires, the truth about his endless blood-soaked existence and how it will end. I mean, I Damn. can't imagine. If you're – you just want to die at some point. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, yeah. I've lived through so much drama. I can only imagine. I thought you were going to finally tell me that he finally realized he was connected to the Matrix. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, this is all just fake. It's all – just unplug that shit. No, you know. He, he would be the one to figure it out. Yeah, he though. would be. He would be. <laughs> I know Kung Fu. Yeah. Now he's going to be half mortal, half God. Like, right. the, how's that going to go? I am half God. That's going to be great. <laughs> I love Keanu I do too. <laughs> Speaking of great, another phenomenal actor who I love, Forrest Whitaker, is joining Tom Hardy in the upcoming Netflix crime drama film. Tom Hardy cannot get away from crime drama, can he? he? Can. This guy is all about it. Uh, Havoc. In Havoc, after a drug deal gone wrong, a bruised detective must fight his way through a criminal underworld to rescue a politician's estranged son while unraveling a deep web of corruption and conspiracy that ensnares his entire city. 
Oh. Yeah. That okay. That actually sounds pretty fucking good, though. right? <laughs> and it's Forrest Whitaker and Tom Hardy. I'm in. I can see it. I I'm can in. see it. I'm in. Oh well, Netflix's huge show right now, The Witcher, has added seven new cast members for season two. Joining the second season are Ajo Endo as Naiki, uh, Cassie Clare <laughs> as Philippa uh, Elkart, and Liz Carr as Finn, Graham McTavish as. Degestra and Kevin Doyle as Belayan, uh, Simone Cowell as there is so many crazy names. No, in this yeah, show, yeah, man. yeah, You guys, you guys get the point. You guys yeah, get the point. The easy one was Henry Cavill as Witcher. Yep, there it is. <laughs> That's the one that matters. That's the only one that matters. Um, speaking of though, this show is so popular that it's getting a prequel spinoff, uh, The Witcher Blood Origin, and Netflix's prequel to the hit, like I just said, um, has locked in its second leading actor, Irish actor Lawrence O'Farrain, uh, whose credits, I guess I should have said it Irish instead of whatever that was, yeah, I just right? said, I don't know, oh yeah, you betcha, Lawrence O'Farrain, uh, whose credits include Vikings, Game of Thrones, and Black 47 has landed the role of Fajal. Oh, that was easy. I'm yeah, sorry. I know. I'm it's sorry. Fine. It's uh, fine. B- born into a clan of warriors sworn to protect the king, Fajal carries a deep scar within, the death of a loved one who fell in battle trying to save him. Oof. Oh, oof. oof that's intense. Mm. They're trying to build their own Game of Thrones universe. Yeah, they are, but as as you know, with like any time, I just, uh, now that I started to do that accent, I just wanted to go, there can be only one. That can be only one. Uh, that's right. Highlander, sorry. It's so funny. Uh, sorry. Uh, Ryan Murphy, who is that guy again? All over the news this week uh, and Ian Brennan's latest project for Netflix Monster the Jeffrey Dahmer story has mm. found its lead Evan Peters a longtime staple of Murphy's uh, American Horror Story anthology series will take on the role of the notorious serial killer and uh, Nicey Nash whose star is going to star in, was starring in Scream Queens back in 2015 has been cast as the show's female lead Glinda Cleveland Cleveland was the neighbor of Dahmer who uh, alerted the police and the FBI of Dahmer's suspicious behavior, but they did not listen. And Penelope Ann Miller has been cast as Dahmer's mother, Ooh. Joyce, alongside Richard Jenkins, who it has previously announced as um, his father, uh, Dahmer's father. Richard lineup. Jenkins and Penelope Ann Miller are going to be fucking epic. Right? I love them, man. Yeah. They are both phenomenal actors. Richard Jenkins, if you don't recognize his name, he's been in everything. He's got a face that as soon as you see it, you'll know who he is. Man, that's great casting. He's got a face. He's got a face, <laughs> eh, you know? Um, Steven Yoon, speaking of awesome, and Ali Wong. Oh, my God, that's an epic team-up also. They're teaming up for Beef, a comedy drama series coming from Netflix. Uh, the show follows two people who let a road rage incident burrow into their minds and slowly consume their every thought oh. and action. Jesus. Beef is going to be uh, 10 half-hour episodes. Man, I, it, speaking of, old Glenn's doing pretty fucking good since Negan bashed his head in, yeah, huh? Right. He's, like, He's everywhere, fine. man. I'm fine. <laughs> Oscar nominated, by the way. Oscar nominated. Hell yeah. That's what happens when Jeffrey Dean Morgan bashes your head in. I'm just saying. It's true. It's true. Uh, Going over to Amazon, iZombie alum Malcolm Goodwin, uh, William Fitzgerald, uh, from Scream and Qu- Chris Webster from The Most Dangerous Game have been tapped as series regulars opposite of Alan Richardson and the upcoming Amazon original series. Jack Reacher, good one, will star as Chief yes. Detective Oscar Finley, a Harvard-educated uh, tweed suit-wearing northerner who recently relocated to the small town of Margrave and to take on a job in the Margrave Police Department. Fitzard, Fitzhorl, has starred as Roscoe 
Conklin, uh, who is born and raised in Margrave and is a smart and proud officer of the police department. And she is resilient as she uh, is intimidated by nothing and no one. Mm. Webster is going to be playing KJ, uh, the spoiled son of a businessman in town, benefactor Kleiner. So there's a lot of good things happening over at Amazon. Yeah, man. Yeah. And sticking of uh, sticking with Amazon, but I'm not sure if this one I'm okay with because I was a huge fan of the original movie and I'm just I don't know about this I don't know but Chrissy Fit will recur in Amazon's I Know What You Did Last Summer series Mm. Uh, a modern take on the 97 horror film the project comes from Sony Pictures Television and Amazon Studios Uh, details about Fit's character have yet to be revealed the previously announced cast includes Madison Iceman Brianna Chiju Ezekiel Goodman Ashley Moore Sebastian Amoro Fiona Reese Cassie Beck Brooke Bloom Bill Heck and Sonia Morris. Um, you know who I didn't hear on there? Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, or or Ryan Philippi, or Freddie Prince, or Sarah Michelle Gellar. I feel like if they don't make appearances, at least cameos. Come come on, guys. I mean, Jennifer Love Hewitt. At least the whole fucking thing was built around her. I'm just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, Patrick Schwarzenegger. Yeah. uh, Is joining Chris Pratt in Amazon's conspiracy thriller series, The Terminal List. Keeping it all in the family. Uh, Yeah, literally. Uh, (laughs) um, What's up, bro? Uh, Based on Jack Carr. Best-selling novel and a key role: uh, Constant Wu, Riley Cano, and Taylor Kish, and Jania Triplehorn uh, also star in the series, which Pratt it will be executive producing. We've told you about this one before. Yep. Terminal List follows uh, James Reese after his entire platoon of Navy SEALs is ambushed during a high-stakes covert ops mission. Uh, Reese returns home to his family with conflicting memories of the events and questions his capability, and you know a whole bunch of PTSD stuff. So it makes sense. It makes sense. And Schwarzenegger uh, is going to be playing uh, uh, Donnie Mitchell, a fresh out of training special warfare operator who oh. knows Pratt's character. So there it is. There you go. Pratt will teach the youngin. It's true. No doubt. It's true. So, so. Hmm. Hmm. That, that, that Kennedy clan, that Kennedy and Schwarzenegger clan, they're Great. doing really well. They're doing together. really well. Uh, <laughs> um, hmm. This one sounds interesting. John Waters has joined the cast of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Season 4. Oh, Waters will appear in a guest-starring role in the fourth season of the acclaimed series. But, like always, the exact nature of his character is being kept under wraps. Damn you! (laughs) Season 4 is currently in production in New York right now. Come on, Paladinos. Come on now. Come on. Now heading over to Apple, director Peter Farley... Uh, finally getting ready to follow his Best Picture Oscar winner, The Green Book. Amazon Studios is in talks to finance the greatest beer run ever uh, with Zac Efron and Russell Crowe in talks to star with Bill Murray also being courted for a supporting role. Beer Run tells a story of leaving New York in 1967 to bring yeah. beer to his childhood buddies in the Army while they are fighting in Vietnam. Uh, Donahall had took the Good idea to the extreme, hitchhiking a ride through on a merchant marine ship, then carrying the beer through the jungle as he tried to track down his three friends dressed in shorts, Hawaiian shirts, and he was mistaken for the CIA, which made his effort a little bit easier. Finally, uh, he completed his beer run, and the Tet Offensive happened. Wait, you weren't around in 67. I wasn't around like, in 67. What, what's going on with the it shorts and me. Hawaiian shirts? It Come on now. It Fantastic wasn't, wasn't there. What, what, what are you talking about? Hey, 
If you're the only O that matters, how do you follow up the biggest interview of all time with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle? Right. You land a poet laureate. That's how you do it. The only O that matters herself, Oprah Winfrey, is going to sit down with poet laureate Amanda Gorman for the Oprah conversation on Apple TV. Um, 23-year-old poet, author, and activist became an instant sensation when she spoke at President Biden's inauguration, becoming the youngest inaugural poet in history. Mm. Damn. Yeah. That's how you follow it up, because Oprah's the only O that matters. Exactly. And I mean, everybody's been talking about her poem since it happened. Yes. So, I mean, it only makes sense. It only makes sense. But man, such a good industry news segment. We had a man, lot to talk about. Slam packed and all that. You know I was Jones. All that superhero news. Yeah, exactly. And two very controversial decisions that will decide, I think, the ten years of two very powerful people. Bob Chapic, CEO of Disney, Anna Sarnoff, CEO of Warner Brothers Pictures. We'll see. We'll see. We'll man. see how that goes. Definitely. All right. Now it is yeah. time for the top five segment. And it's a little dumb this week. It's a little dumb. <laughs> it is a little dumb this week. Like we teased. Like That's we right. Teased. That's right. Thanks, Jason, our producer, for giving us this dumb category. Exactly. Um, of course, we're talking about our top five favorite dumb movies. Yes. Now, to be fair, we want to clarify. We don't think that these movies were dumb, as in we didn't like them. These are movies about dumb characters or dumb storylines like in general. People acting stupid. If you will. Exactly. That's what they're about. We don't hate these movies. Don't send us shit. Yeah, right. These are the, that I just wanted to clarify. Exactly. So, okay. <laughs> Dumb movies. Oh, man. Which really, I mean, was kind of a little bit invented and not really invented, but taken like helm by the rain was Will Ferrell. Like he made so many dumb movies. He he really did, but I would go even further because I'm old and say uh, Leslie Nielsen. With there you the, go. With, yeah, because yeah. the fart thing. Yeah. We all know. We all know. <laughs> Uh, my number five, I mean, it just has to be mentioned because it's so funny and it makes fun of one of my other favorite movies, Varsity Blues, but it's not another teen movie. And this one has Le- Lexi Gray in it, and it also has Captain America, Chris Evans in it as it well. It does. And I mean, you get to see Captain America with the little whipped cream bikini and a fucking banana coming out of his ass. It's hilarious. But I mean, it's just so funny America's to see. America's ass. Yeah, America's ass with a banana coming out of it. <laughs> It's just so funny to see like these characters who are very successful are these actors who are very successful now that are playing just such these goofy roles. Absolutely. So yes, not another teen movie, my number five. Okay, okay, okay. Good choice, good choice because who doesn't want to talk about America's ass? Right. Um, my number five is I'm going to tell you the title and then you can insert numerous other titles because they're all basically the same movie. Dumb movie. Yes. My number five is Billy Madison. Insert Happy Gilmore. Insert Waterboy. Insert Mr. Deeds. Any Adam Sandler movie from that era, dumb movie. It's true. But brilliantly so because they're all fucking epic movies. Happy Gilmore, all of them were fantastic films. Um, But he is the epitome of a dumb guy. I mean, Bobby Boucher, guys, come on now. Come on. Uh, So my number five, Billy Madison. Adam Sandler making the most of playing dumb right exactly he's basically the same character every single time absolutely but he's made like 500 gazillion dollars playing that same character exactly exactly my number four goes to fired up which Mm. is basically kind of just like not another teen movie basically about these football players who are like man fuck football camp let's go to cheerleading camp so we can hit on all these girls which is hilarious up the skirt skirt. Uh, yeah obviously it's hilarious because i mean you know 
I mean, high school guys obviously want to be with the cheerleading girls. So it's just so funny. And so many different people were in it, like uh, Eric Christian Olsen, who was also in Not Another Teen Movie, and Nicholas Diostio, who is like huge actor now, just on The Good Doctor and all the good stuff. So yeah, I mean, like I said, dumb, hilarious, goofy-ass movies, especially for a high schooler. Like this is the epitome of what I wanted to be when I was in high school. So it was funny. It was it's funny. true. It's true. You want to know what my number four is? What? Alrighty then. I'll tell you. It's Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Yes. Speaking about a guy who's classic at playing dumb, right? I mean, this guy's epic at doing so. And Ace Ventura, basically, after Living Color, launched this guy into mega stardom. Of course, talking about Jim Carrey. Yes. Um, this movie was freaking hilarious from start to start. When he's driving and he sticks his head out the window... You know, I mean, the whole thing is just, there was a little tiny, maybe somewhat known star in that movie along with him. I'm not talking about Dan Marino. No. I'm talking about a certain friend, Courtney Cox. Mm, Oh, yeah. And Tone Loke. Funk it, cool Medina, and Wild Thing, and like so many cool things came out of Ace Ventura: Pet Detective, but I still don't want to see the remake. No, <laughs> I yeah. still don't want to see it right now. The third no, one should not be a thing. We don't need a third one. Um, but anyway, my number four, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Yes, yes. My number three goes to another all-time like stoner flick, basically. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Now, these guys are just hilarious. Just obviously get stoned trying to find their way to White Castle. And they're not trying to drive because they're under the influence and doing things responsibly. But, of course, you know, they go through a little craziness. I mean, they come across Neil Patrick Harris. Like, just so many many good things. And, I mean, John Chow and Cal Penn. Cal Penn worked for Obama, if a lot of people didn't know. Left Hollywood and completely took the political route. So, I mean, just a hilarious movie. And uh, Harold and Kumar go to... uh, Guantanamo Bay is pretty funny too. So yes. good, good couple of iterations of this film. But yes, my number three, Harold Kumar. There you go. All right, my number three, I'm taking it back to what I talked about at the top of this thing, Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen and Priscilla Presley in maybe the dumbest movie uh, possibly of all time, at least. It, okay, well, my number one, I think, is the number one. Duh. But this one's on the list of, of dumbest movies of all time. I'm talking about The Naked Gun. Mm. Uh, the spoof of O.J. Simpson is in this movie, guys. Mm. Yeah. That could be the dumbest move. And, like, uh, you know, but this is pre-slashers, pre, you know. Um. Anyway, <laughs> this movie was just straight up plain slapstick stupid comedy. Like, you know, he's uh, looking up the dress and it says nice beaver and he's got the fart like sound and it's just basically a spoof of all the cop movies, um, but brilliantly done and it spawned a bunch of sequels and, uh, you know, um, but yeah, The Naked Gun. I yes. mean, they made fun of everybody. Queen Elizabeth, like, if, <laughs> if you were alive during the... They were making fun of you in this movie. It was just... It was crazy. So good. So good. My number two goes to Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny. Mm. I mean, you got Jack Black, Kyle Gass. They're just so funny together. And I mean, obviously, Tenacious D is their band. And they, of course. You know, underlying is the music. But I mean, you got, like, Ronnie James Dio, who guest starred in this thing. Troy Gentile, who is on the Goldbergs now. He's the big brother, Barry. And and, I mean, you got Dave Grohl as Satan. You got Ben Stiller as the Guitar Center guy. And, I mean, Amy Adams was in this thing. Colin Hanks. Like, so many notable, huge people were in this such a goofy movie. And, I mean, they, I mean, they 
throw classic or they throw it back to like classic films like that uh, Stanley Kubrick uh, Orange, whatever the fuck. A Clockwork Orange. Yeah, Clockwork Orange with like the gang beating up Jack Black. Yep. And it's just so funny, guys. If you haven't seen this one, go check it out. It's definitely, definitely deserved and worthy to be on the list. Yes, right. My number two, I'm taking it back like you did to a stoner flick. Um, and maybe, quite possibly, the most successful franchise launch off of Saturday Night Live. Um, I'm talking, of course, with Dana Carvey and Mike Myers, Wayne's World. Yes. Swing! I'll have the come of young some guy. I mean, just so many, you know, some young guy. Um, just uh, There's so many things epic about this movie, about these two dumb characters and their friends, group of friends. Right. Um, probably the most classic scene of all, though, is in the car with Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. where you're headbanging and stuff. into it. Or talking about having a crush on Bugs Bunny dressed as a woman when they're totally stoned on top of the car. Like, all of it. All of it's fucking stupid, but in the most epic way possible. Wayne's World, my number two. Yes, so good, man. So good. And my number one one goes to probably the most quotable freaking dumb movie ever Step Brothers, Will Ferrell mm. and John C. Riley. These two pair up in so many great things. Talladega Nights and the latest one that won the worst movie of the year at the Razzies, uh, the Sherlock Holmes movie, which I didn't even go see because I bet it was so stupid. Yeah. Um, but Step Brothers was probably the peak of their dumbness. I mean, of course, <laughs> you got like two 40 year olds still living at home with their parents and so many quotables in this movie. Did you put your nuts on my drum set? No, I didn't put your nuts on your drum set. I was watching FBI. Why are you sweaty? Because I was watching Cops. Like, That's right. It's so goofy, man. And I mean the Chewbacca mask. There's so, like I said, so many quotables in this movie. It's so freaking funny. So it's... that's why it didn't age well. So if I go back and watch it now, I'm like, this is really fucking stupid. But this is the point. <laughs> this is the point when you're watching it in the time that it came out, when it's relevant and popular, it's more funny. So yes, my number one, Step Brothers. Mm, that is a good one and hard to top. Right? Hard to top. By the way, before our producer Jason and like texts me or calls me out or whatever because I haven't had enough coffee. The joke is cream of some young guy. Cream of cream some young, young guy. Some young I know, Jason. Don't you be calling me out. I, I, I didn't have coffee. Now, my number one is all in the name. It is. This is dumb movies. Can you have a list of dumb movies without the movie with dumb in the name? Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, right. I mean, come on, guys. Jeff Daniels and uh, Jim Carrey and Lauren Holly. This has got to be the most ridiculous movie I have ever seen in my life. But these two pull off Dumb and Dumber brilliantly. So you're saying I got a chance? I mean, come on. This movie was brilliant from start to finish. In the, I mean, I cannot imagine. And Jeff Daniels, this movie shows his range right. beyond. But I mean, you're talking about Comey, right? You just saw him recently in Comey. <laughs> Go watch Dumb and Dumber if you haven't watched Dumb and Dumber. And you're like, how is this even the same guy? Exactly. Like, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Um. And maybe, quite honestly, Jim Carrey's best performance. Yeah. I mean, honestly, in, in these type roles. I mean, in Ace Ventura, is pretty hard. The Mask. You have all these crazy fucking films that he's been in, but this one tops the cake, man. I agree. My number one dumb movie, 
Dumb and Dumber. I agree. It's the same with John C. Riley too. I mean, yeah. they're those guys is range. Like they can go from stupid, just fucking crazy, but then get super like deep into the drama role and where they can just blow it out of the park. Like that one with John C. Riley and Joaquin Phoenix when their brothers like it was so dark and epic and so much dialogue that just goes back and forth like monologues. But yeah, I love when actors have that range because yeah. you can see them in so many well and, and, and to be fair i don't want to discount uh jim carrey i mean look at eternal sunshine yeah that, that was a fucking too. dark drama role yeah. and he did absolutely fucking brilliant in that so his range is there as well exactly. um but you can never take away his comedic fucking genius it's or john true. c Riley's comedic. i mean they, these guys are brilliant agreed man agreed well what's your top five dumb movies we want to know be sure to hit us up on social media or the youtube comment section or the podcast comment section and there are no dumb choices there are no dumb choices. You got it. You got it. When I head over to the box office recap, number one, Raya and the Last Dragon still reigning high at number one with $5.2 million. I'm betting these numbers, the uh, box office scores are the percentage of money, that revenue that's being taken in will go up now since more theaters are being opened. Hopefully. Uh, so, yeah, $5.2 million and Tom and Jerry – Got three point eight million. We got number two, The Courier. Uh, got two million. Chaos Walking got one point nine million. And The Crudes, A New Age, got six hundred and twenty thousand. That's the only one that's under a million. Yeah, that, which is exciting. It is. Oh man, new movies that are coming out: Doors, Malibu Road, Nobody. Six Minutes to Midnight and The Seventh Day. Hmm. I have no idea about any of those. Now, do the Six Minutes to Midnight lead to The Seven Minutes in Heaven? That's a great question. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I don't act like you don't know. No, you, know. you don't know. <laughs> um, movies you can still go see are Boogie, The Marksman, Wonder Woman 1984, The Little Things, and The Father. Liam flipped it again. I know. Uh, just <laughs> it's like, listen. We keep an eye on that because we're, we're crazy. Exactly. Uh, movies. Our IMDb Pro Top Trending segment. You guys know we love this app. We used it during the show to make sure we got the right movie that right. fucking uh, Michelle Williams and Seth Rogen were in That's together. Right. So something about a waltz. Something. Something about the waltz. <laughs> Uh, by no surprise, it's all superhero stuff. This yeah, you week. didn't even need the app to guess this week. No. I mean, this would be pretty simple common sense. You, yeah, exactly. Uh, the top trending movie is The Justice League, the snack, Zack Snyder version, obviously. I bet this won't be around for a while because so many people are still going to go see it. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, the black and white it. version's out now. So Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, top trending TV show is The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And the top trending star is Zack Snyder himself. Duh. Uh, yeah, are you <laughs> surprised by any of these no definitely no. not um well anyway guys thank you for getting crazy with us on episode 155 of inside the crazy ant farm we had a blast be sure to follow us on social media at itcap podcast and at uh crazy ant media and you guys know you can follow us both personally myself at jlo fantastic and crazy ant guy 1970 that's right man that's right and you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast and i'm talking anchor apple podcast spotify google play music iheart radio podbean stitcher and so much more and you guys know you can watch this video on youtube be sure to hit that like button on the video subscribe and ring the bell for all those latest yes. and greatest crazy ant notifications 
Be sure to visit our website as well, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. And you guys know you can start showing some love to the guys you love on our Patreon page. Mm. Start making a little donation, and you get do get things in return, some awesome merchandise stuff. Honestly, there's a lot of great things that we talked about this week in the industry news, and obviously the top five is just so funny. Uh, but... I, I'm really the superhero news. That was honestly the most popular thing that I was excited about talking about. The conversion is complete. Hey, whatever. <laughs> uh, he's now ready. If, if I can just get him to pick up a comic, yeah, 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 I'm working yeah. on it. Oh, uh, but yeah, and I mean, obviously George R. R. Martin's overall deal with HBO and HBO Max. That's by no surprise. But I also am pretty happy with the recasting of the Flash's uh, father because I feel like they sort of do look alike, and especially however much they use his character in the actual film i feel like that'll be a good just glimpse so yeah yeah i agree and i i'm super stoked about the casting of pierce brosnan as dr fate i think that's a brilliant move the possibility of daredevil entering the the disney plus you know universe in a tv show because of the appearance of echo now and hawkeye so that's got fans wondering and everything um the awesome diversity that falcon and the winter soldier is showing um just like everything man Uh, yeah there was a ton of uh just superhero news that was amazing um love don Cheadle gonna be the narrator for the wonder years that's fucking fantastic i think that's a great thing uh keep that (laughs) maybe the the, like i said one of my favorite stories was the ironic uh twist of the firing of the showrunner of all rise yeah right (laughs) um uh, just you know smart move by cbs to do that but I just think it's crazy how that all went down. Um, and and Sharon Osbourne. Yeah. We forgot to mention, but bye. bye. Sharon Osbourne God. going off the talk for much the same reasons yep. um, as Spotterwood. So. Yeah, yeah so it's it great is. industry news, man. Great industry it news. It was, it was. I'm also excited about Lexi Gray coming back. So. Ah, we'll see. the Magic Beach. Yeah, the yep, Magic, the magic Beach. Beach. <laughs> uh, it's just crazy, just crazy. But then, of course, anytime that she's in the news, we got to talk about her because you guys know we love her. You love her. Oprah! Oprah!